0: Get your kids, okay? Go get your fucking kids wherever they are. They're not going to hang with their friend. Now you need to get on some tough old school 1930s shit. Okay, parents, be responsible for your fucking kids. All right, please stay inside, you guys. You don't understand, fuck all that. Get your little dirty, fucking grubby, selfish, YOLO, fucking dumb, tattooed faces in the fucking house. Parents,
1: get your fucking kids. Hello, hello, hello. This is Uncle Tickles, and you are listening to New Dad. Yao boy, seo, to our listeners tuning in from South Korea, and guten tag to anyone in Germany that might be listening to this episode. And why might they be listening? Because we're talking about parenting around the globe with two dads from Germany and South Korea. felt very lucky and privileged they were able to get me into their schedules, so Thank you to Michael and Alex. Um, also, this episode is a little bit longer. I thought about breaking it into two parts. Um, in the end, uh, it didn't make sense. And I also uh, had parts that I was on the fence about editing out, but I left in because I think there is something there for all of us to take away from. So, um, with that being said, I also think that this is a pretty good episode for parents who might be stuck at homeschooling kids. You know, uh, perhaps this could qualify as a social studies lesson um given the length and also given some of the uh, the subject matter um particularly the the parts and you know it's a good percentage that we talk about the differences of the education systems here in america between uh germany and and south korea and and what they do in south korea was really eye-opening to me um i think if you have kids uh, that are in school and they hear about what their uh peers in south korea may be going through you you might get a, a little less griping and complaining from them. Um, It's probably a momentary respite, but still a respite nonetheless. So uh, without further ado, we'll get to Michael and Alex. But before we do, Prop cause, take us away. This is Uncle Tickles and you are listening and watching New Dad. We are excited to have our Dads Across the Globe episode. Um, This is pretty timely considering some of the things that we're seeing and facing here in the States. And I have two guests who uh, are amazing dads and even more amazing people. Uh, First, we have Michael Klarfeld joining us from Germany and Alex Meyer joining us from South Korea. Um, I know both these individuals, uh, you know, through different means. Uh, Michael and I have come to know each other through the fandom of a song, of An Nice and Fire, which I've mentioned multiple times on the show, and more specifically, our fandom for a podcast, History of Westeros. He, uh, he's a talented artist who's done the openings there and uh, does a lot of amazing map work, which uh, I'm going to include some photos of. But Michael Why don't you uh, do our fans a a, a favor and introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about yourself, where you live there in Germany and and what you do for a living. Yeah,
2: sure. So hi there, my name is Michael Klarfeld. Um, I live in Dresden, Germany. Uh, For Americans, it's probably, um, yeah, you can connect Dresden with, probably with a book that you've read at school, (laughs) Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. Um, This is where Dresden is mentioned. Uh, it's the capital of Saxony, which is a federal state in Germany, in the southeast of Germany. Um, the city is a really beautiful Baroque city. Um, yeah, it's about two hours drive from Berlin and Prague. So if you ever visit Germany or the Czech Republic, then it's just a two hours drive. So I can recommend coming over here. Um, I am a teacher of art and English at a German private school. I've been teaching there for about 15 years now. Um, I have two kids, two sons. My older son is Justus, he is now 12 years old. And the younger one is Ludwig, he is 4 years old. Um, yeah, what else? I'm married, I've been married for 20 years. <laughs> and i married very young. My <laughs> wife is a pedi- pediatrician and so basically kids are parts of our lives, so privately as well as in our professions we work with kids a lot
1: which is why you're going to be an amazing guest today and uh and and alex i know you uh i believe you transferred into saint mary uh was it seventh grade for you seventh grade seventh grade grade. you came into saint mary in seventh grade which was my my grade school and then continued on to marion where i went to high school so so we grew up together. You had a, a younger brother who was friends with my younger brother and, and you know, our, our friends. We had Flynn uh, on the podcast yesterday. His sister was really good friends with Carl. Um, yeah. So, you know, grew up with you. Um, and, and I think you're an, a super interesting perspective because you obviously grew up here in the States and now you're living abroad and, and, and have a kid of your own. So, so tell uh, the listeners and watchers a little bit about, um, about where you live in South Korea and, and about yourself and, and your children.
0: Yeah. Um, like you said, I grew up with you in uh, Woodstock outside of Chicago. And um, I'm living in SunChan, South Korea right now. I've been here about 10 years. Uh, met my wife about seven years ago. Uh, and, you know, we've, we have two kids at the moment. Um, we have a son turning four in uh, May and a daughter turning two in June, uh, Uju and Suhi. Uh, Fun fact though if uh, if you 're in Korea and you ask him their ages he 'll tell you he 's five and she 'll tell you well shit she won 't tell you, but um, her her age is three here so so Korea has a right off the bat they have a different age system, um, so my son, born in two thousand and sixteen, is five years old in Korea oh,
1: wow. um,
0: But yeah, so I'll, we can touch on that a little later yeah. if you want um, but yeah, I came over here. T- Ah, just to you know kind of teach for a year and explore and then and kind of fell in love with the country and then uh met my wife and fell in love with her and and the rest is kind of history we um uh, planted roots and kind of love the area i mean if we pick up sticks probably not moving back to the states but um i don't see us moving around for for a while um my wife is named sonwa she's a lovely woman we've been married like i said seven years and uh So our children, as the Koreans would say, are mixed blood. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's PC in America or what, but um, that's what we call them. They're mixed blood kids here, half Korean, half Americans, and uh, just loving it. And I guess that's the gist and kind of what got me onto the podcast. And I'm glad to be here with you, Tom.
1: Yeah, and and we'll stick with you right off the bat because you know, since you have this unique perspective of of having spent 10 years abroad and having two children (laughs) and having grown up as a kid here in America, what are you seeing? Um, just you know, you mentioned a couple. Just I think subtle things right off the bat. But you know, what are the major differences? Uh, you know, raising a kid in South Korea versus what your idea of raising a kid—probably, you know, what you thought in your mind as a child growing up, what your family life would be like here in America.
0: Uh, so the, like, the, well, the, the children being raised here—I mean, education is king, right? So yeah, we're going to jump in, into that big time. Yeah, so, with we'll you jump you guys into both that. So, so, teachers. <laughs> the big thing the, big, the major difference is education um and and it, you know when i ask korean students or ask korean kids what do they think of america or whatever it, the, the big they think freedom um and that's kind of true as as a kid growing up in america we i mean we had open spaces we had tree forts and stuff these kids are you know we live in pocketed cities and they go to school for 10, 12 hours a day.
1: Spaces at um, a premium?
0: Yeah, spaces at a premium. Absolutely. This is, you know, 70% mountainous over here and it's a small country, you know, the size of Wisconsin, basically. Um, but, you know, the main difference is, is education and um, they value that probably more than anything in this country. Um, and then, I mean, there's a lot of differences from like these kids, what they're exposed to here in Korea to what we are probably exposed to, you know, in the suburbs. Well, and, and give an um, example. Drugs, drugs guns, guns. Um, gangs, um, multiculturalism. I mean, this country is very, you know, homogeneous, there's probably 98% Koreans, right? So there's not too many foreigners. Um, and that that is a big difference as well. So
1: so, so when you're saying guns, drugs, uh, you're saying that's something that kids in America are more introduced to versus kids here in South Korea?
0: Yeah, man, there are no drugs over here. Uh, no. There are no guns. No drugs, no guns. Um, so there's no... There's that, that aspect of life, which we kind of grew up with, is not here, right? So they, they don't even know about it, man. Like they, they do watch the movies. They see Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So they'll see, oh, cocaine, marijuana. They have no idea, right? That's no firsthand knowledge of so. them. That's crazy. So uh, and so in that kind of... Um, you know, in that vein, I guess this country is a lot safer, probably, because there isn't, I mean, you know, with, before when we were growing up with drugs not being legal or marijuana, but, you know, it it brought out shady characters. And so there's none of that here, right? So, so, there is bullying over here, but there isn't, there is no fear of, you know, what, what kids do have to grow up in America, I guess.
1: Michael, I'm going to switch to you for a second. What is the perception for, for for not just your children but also you know your students of, of life in America and uh, and and what you know I guess growing up here would be like? It's basically well
2: it's a tough question because um, what we're talking about is stereotypes that we have of America and American life and a lot of these images that we have in Germany of America are based on Hollywood movies yep. And of course there is, it's a Western country like Germany. So I'd probably say there isn't that much of a difference when it comes to lifestyle and culture and stuff like that. But um, of course there are differences when it comes to, let's say um, the exposure to, well, gun violence. Mm -hmm. That's not so much of a problem in Germany. Um, Yeah. The image that a lot of my students have is um, they are quite skeptical of um, you know American values like freedom and <laughs> America first and all that stuff. You know we we doubt that this is true or genuine. Um, genuine, yeah. It's more like a, you know these Americans are crazy. That's, <laughs> it's just bullshit. That's that's what people say. Totally. Um, I I can mm. I can also see that there is some kind of um, maybe a little bit of an anti-American sentiment um, among young people, um, especially when you, you have this image of America being the world police, uh, interfering in different countries where they shouldn't belong to and stuff like that. So you have that um, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: Well, yeah. and, and do you think that the, for you? Do you would it be fair to say that's? I mean, I'm sure to go back, you know, I, I studied history. So to really go back and especially when you're considering from a German perspective, you know, we're probably talking about, uh, you know, after World War One and Berlin or and the, the Marshall Plan, it goes back that far. But, you know, on a world scene, I kind of started to feel that after 9-11 a little bit. It, it seemed like there was a moment where after the attacks happened, uh, the United States kind of had—I don't want to say pity, but had the the sympathy of the world—and then we kind of took that sympathy and, and really just pissed it down the drain. Um, you, yeah, you could say that
2: totally. Like, uh, I remember September 11th. Um, politicians here talked about—I um, don't know the word—but complete um, union with the United States and you know brotherhood and stuff like that. At the same time George Bush started uh, the war in Iraq after that and everyone went out on the street demonstrating against yeah. it. So uh, there is always this, this kind of um, imbalanced picture of America being this you know, dominating world power thing. Whereas on the other hand Americans are considered to be very cool as well. So they are the dominant culture. We have a lot of Netflix shows and all that kind of good stuff coming from uh, from America. You have innovative artists, um, musicians, culture, and so both is valid. Right. Yeah. And,
1: and, and to, to give Germany some credit, one of my favorite Netflix shows is Dark. And so that's a, oh, yeah. a German it's, show. It's so, brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so, so that's a brilliant show. So uh, uh, yeah. Alex, I'm curious, do you notice in South Korea any of the anti-American sentiment among some of the younger people there? Or um, is that something that is maybe hasn't seeped into Asian culture yet?
0: So the Koreans really adore America. They, America liberated this country, freed freed them basically, came to us. and, And my grandfather fought over here. And so the older generation still has this affinity for America because, you know, gave them their freedom basically. If you look at North, Korea yeah. right now compared to South Korea. They look at that and they say, America had our back and America kind of created this. Um, but how the younger generation now looks at, uh, at America, it, it's very interesting. They, <laughs> Their opinions changed just like anybody else's. Um, five years ago, they, they loved America. Um, and obviously right now they, they don't really understand Americans because... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like I said, it goes back to education, it goes back to what they want them or what they want to be when they grow up or what their parents want their children to be. And under the old administration, they saw a leader who went to the greatest schools, who spoke very elegantly, who was a true leader. And then and then this new administration came and it was the complete opposite where they, it's very hard for Koreans to even translate what he's saying because he's putting you know, Germans as well. <laughs> he puts 12 you know adjectives in one sentence so C- Koreans look at America like wow this country swings very we maybe we thought what you know what we thought we knew about America is not what we know about America so this is the biggest question I get is how did this happen or how <laughs> how does this country go like from one extreme to the another extreme and and for me that's something i'm still trying to figure out so so right now the respect level is very low compared to where it was
2: five five years ago ago.
0: well i'd like sorry yeah yeah, no 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 go ahead michael there's something
2: i'd like to add because alex just reminded me of that um it's that he said how can america go from one extreme to another extreme and this is the key word America is seen as a land of extremes in Germany. So you yeah. are either
1: extremely cool or extremely <laughs> bad, but there's <laughs> nothing in between. So, sure, sure. yeah. Well, I feel like okay. that's fair. I feel like that's fair. And uh, I've made traveling something of, uh, you, you know, a priority for myself. It's not something me and my family got to do a lot growing up. Alex, you know, you grew up, you, you know, the Pappases didn't have a lot, uh, especially not to travel abroad in 2016 or 17 we went to Africa and uh, we met up with some friends in in South Africa that we had met in Greece and all people in South Africa wanted to ask us about was trump because we had ju- he had just been elected and the perception at that at that time at least abroad in, in and at least in South Africa was that uh trump you know everyone in America loved trump you know, and and that and that was the understanding. It was like, well, he was elected, so that means Americans must must love him. And it took a while for us to actually explain that the majority of Americans voted like for Hillary Clinton. Like, it, and and not only did it take us, like, that's pretty simple. It took a while for us to explain to them how the you know if we're a democracy, how more people could vote for Hillary and Trump could still win. So I'm okay. so since we're talking about, it, I'm wondering, if, did you? I mean, is that kind of something that you guys? uh in the in your respective countries that people had the impression that most of America liked Donald Trump and I'll start with you Michael because I know you're you're very connected you follow this stuff closely I'm I think you know more about American politics than American politics than most Americans I know which is uh, you know a sad fact
2: yeah the the interesting thing is that um, I'm teaching American culture as well at the school I'm working at and whenever there's an election year, We follow along during the election and we go through all of the election procedures and it's a very different system from Germany. So um, this whole bipartisan system is completely different and every German student I'm teaching that says this is a totally fucked up unfair system. (laughs) (laughs) So at least I know my students understood at that time that this was something exceptional. Right, So a majority voting for Hillary Clinton, but still Trump winning, that was like clear to my students that this is not based on a fair election procedure, but based on the electoral Mm -hmm. system. I don't know if that applies to all Germans, because a lot of Germans say, well, he's democratically elected, so it must mean the majority must be for him, and so on.
1: We actually were in Africa on a safari with a German couple who were very pro-Trump at the time, but that's a story for another time. It was... They're also yeah. very anti Merkel so I think I can see some some potential yeah uh, there <laughs> are a few of those here yeah, yeah. Uh, they were not they were not uh, very nice people so uh, maybe go for yeah, we have we have them too <laughs> yeah. they're, they're everywhere. Alex everywhere. what about yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't want to spend too much time on politics I do want to you know swing it back to to, to parenting but it is topical I think it is important it came up so uh, you know what was the perception there? I mean you've already said they were kind of confused about how we could go from one extreme to another.
0: Yeah, not just that. So like five years, like literally all my students were studying, there, there's these books, the Obama speech books, and they just learned his speeches and they would practice it in English. And, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden Trump's elected and they literally can't translate his, his speeches. It, it just doesn't make sense, most of it. Um, so, but then, but then, but then, so then they ask the question: How did this happen? How, you know, we, they always Good thought question. America, and because when Korea looks at America, they think Harvard, Yale. That's what they see when they see America, the Ivy Leagues, right? Um, so this "How does this happen?" And then when I try to explain, well, the majority did vote for for uh, Clinton. Uh, that kind of blows their mind. Well you guys are a democracy then i have to get into the electoral college and that's you know you i can spend hours on that and they still can't figure out why do we have this system um that isn't a true democracy you know they they just don't they can't really comprehend it and i don't blame them because when i'm explaining it to them i can't really i can't give justice to why we have it so so it's very difficult um yeah it's a but it, it, they it, it, but there are other, there are Koreans here that that adore Trump. I mean, like like Michael is saying, and like you were saying, all around the world, there are people that that kind of worship him almost. They think he's this. I don't know. Um,
1: yeah, it's a, it, I, it, it, it's an odd time to live because I feel like there are you know across the globe, no matter where you live, um, nationalism is one of these things that's kind of that's it seems yeah. to be gaining a little steam. Um, yeah, yeah. My son was um, was
2: asking about which country is the largest and which countries are the largest, and we looked at all these countries, like Russia coming first, and you have the U.S., you have uh, Canada, China, all of these countries. And when you look at the leadership of those countries, it's like, oh my
1: gosh, it's just yeah. nationalism, nationalism, idiots, uh, yeah. <laughs> dictators, totally. Yeah, and you wonder. I mean, I think you know there are these wow. historical. Uh, you know we history repeats itself as something that we hear a lot. And you kind of see these ebbs and flows with history. And I think that, you know, when the world seems to, to be as connected as it is, I guess it's a natural reaction that there are some people that are gonna pull back and gonna kind of, you know, uh, rage against that. And, uh, and I think that's kind of what this is. Um, you know, hopefully we see that kind of dissipate and go away. And it seems to be a, a small blip on the radar. I think we can all agree on that.
2: Hopefully, hopefully um, yeah.
1: So, you know, we, we, we've talked a little bit about the differences and just perception of what, uh, you know, life is like where you live and, and, and here in America, what about the the roles of parents in, in our own home? I've talked about this a little bit. Um, even though we're both working parents, my wife is the breadwinner, uh, which means that when there needs to be a sacrifice, uh, for the kid to, for some, one of us to stay home, it's typically going to be me, you know, and, uh, I do a majority of the cooking and, uh, you know, we, we share cleaning duties and I'm trying to get better, but, um, you know, I, I guess I'm doing a lot of the more, you know, motherly, uh, roles that have historically been attributed to, to women. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, I'll start with you, Michael, uh, what are the roles of the dad and the mom in, in the German family? Are those changing? Have those been changing, uh, or have they always been pretty progressive?
2: Well, I'd say it's uh, basically the same as you just described your own life. So, um, of course, there have been major changes in the last decades uh, when it comes to the traditional image of what roles do men take on, what roles do women, who is the main breadwinner, who is the homemaker, and so on. This has been changing, of course. You have, like... um, main breadwinners being you know the women or you know double income uh, families yeah that has been changing in general so um talking about myself um being a teacher i am finished at about three o'clock in the afternoon so i'm um early at home than my, than my wife so usually i'm the one with a more family-friendly um schedule so i'm taking on a lot of the um the house making and caring for the kids and getting them from kindergarten to to um, home and so on
1: which is incredible because you know if you're a teacher so uh you know we know how much teachers just dump their lives into their 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 students you have your own kids that that you're caring for and then you have all these tremendous hobbies you're making maps You're you're uh, designing you're, or painting figurines, you're making movies. It's really, uh, you know, it's for, for any dad who's sitting there and wondering, you know, or wanting to do something and thinking they don't have the time, uh, maybe follow Michael Farfeld and, and he'll inspire you to get off your butt and do a little bit more. He's, uh, it's really quite impressive. Um, do you have any more to say on those No, no, for real, it's, it's, it's really impressive. I'm uh, quite inspired by you, Michael. Oh, thanks. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I I
2: was joking around with you the other day. I said that I have like a contract with a time goddess. (laughs) 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 But no, just joking. I'm pretty organized. That's the point. I organize my life pretty well. And I am, uh, I'd say disciplined in that regard that I am uh, taking time for what I like doing. And, oh. and I'm fighting oh. to take that time and I, I, you know, don't let myself be disrupted from that. Um, and usually I achieve like 70% of what
1: I want to do, <laughs> but that's better than 0% of you know, no plan, <laughs> totally. I, w- I would take yeah. 70% in a heartbeat. And uh, yeah, and, and you are kind of fulfilling a, a one of those German stereotypes with the organization trade, you know, uh, probably <laughs> a very organized. But I don't trade. know if that I, I think that's a cliche. Yeah. Us, you know. <laughs> Fair enough, probably. Uh, Alex, what about you? What are the, the parental roles, the gender roles like in South Korea? Um, sure. Are you seeing those change? Are they pretty traditional?
0: They're they're starting to change, um, but I would say Korea. So I don't want to get myself in trouble if Korean fathers are listening here. But probably ten to fifteen years behind the states. Gotcha. Right now. Um The the fathers are the breadwinners. Um, the mothers are typically stay-at-home moms. I mean, there are there are a lot of families that the mothers do work, but mm-hmm. typically. The mother's job is to take care of the kids, take care of their education, and the father is out working and working a lot. They work <laughs> quite a bit here. And it's it's very, very typical that your father will work um, till, you know, from seven, eight in the morning till six, seven. And then after work, they, they go out on, if they're businessmen, they'll go out on a business dinner, then they'll go out for business drinks, and they don't arrive back home till 10 o'clock at night. Or eleven, yeah. even yeah. during the week. a lot of the business takes place after work, actually, when they're drinking or eating. um so so I mean, the kids are in school and they're in after school programs they're in these hogwans and stuff. So I mean, during the week, they don't see their parents that much and they heart they don't see their father too often. Now, I want to be very, very careful with that because there are a lot of fathers that do take care of their children at night. They do have family dinners, but Typically, I would say, um, the father takes care of the kids on the weekends, takes them out, takes them hiking, takes them, you know, out to do things. But during the week, the father is working and, and the, uh, another thing that's very kind of interesting is the majority of like, m- I would say most families, the, um, the paycheck is deposited into the, the mother's account. Interesting. So they're the, they're, so the, the, they're fathers running the household. Make- yeah, they're running the household and running the like, economics, right. you know, the microeconomics, so they, they, and then they give the um, husband some allowance money, basically, sure. and it's very fascinating. Um, kids, you know, when I first got here 10 years ago, I mean, it has changed quite a bit, but I do, I do a lot of private lessons, so mm-hmm. I go to the homes of the students, and 10 years ago, 8 years ago, whatever, I never saw a father. 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, they're just, oh, they're out working. And they come home 11, 12, leave the house at 7 in the morning. And they see their fathers on the weekends. Um, so it is, it is kind of more extreme than America. It, it needs to oh, change. Yeah. And, and it needs to change because it is really having detrimental effects on the, the society as a whole. Because if you look at the marriage rate in Korea, it is one of the lowest in the OECD. The birth rate in Korea is the lowest in the OECD. And the reason because this is because women don't want to be put in these roles, right? right. And right. and women working in Korea, I think the, the wage gap between men and women is the highest in the OECD yeah. between men and women. So this is something Korea needs to work on. And the new administration has been working on it. They've been trying to uh, put in policies that really are, you know, focused on... You know, women working in the workplace and being able to take care and and it, it it is having some effects. I would say it is definitely changing. It's it's a it's a slow change, but um, it is changing. Um, so let me ask you one I question. Wish I yes.
1: Yeah, I, and I'm curious. I know in some Asian cultures, uh, the the grandparents also live in with the families. Is that is that true for Korean culture?
0: Yeah, South absolutely is that pretty typical so our, my my uh, mother-in-law doesn't live with us but mm. she is she's at our house every day mm. i mean she's watching the kids um, she cooks and cleans we pay her as you know she she lives down the street basically but um yeah it, it's a it's kind of expected you know the the parents take care of the kids pay for everything give them a, and then when the kids get married pay for their first house pay for the wedding so all the money that like i'm making now goes to the children not into a retirement because in the uh, because they know that when the children start making money then they start taking care of the parents
1: gotcha
0: um so there, yeah so a lot of parents do live with their 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 um their family um <laughs> luckily i don't have my <laughs> parents Literally. yeah luckily we're not living my i mean i love my mother-in-law to death but i yeah. you know yeah you, you, it's, nice to to home, have, right? it's nice to have your own but, personal but, space that, that's a very question very good question that that, that is um very common over here oh, very more common common i have a question, have a question mm-hmm. to alex um
2: yes would you say that well or could you like describe how um this absent father um has an effect
0: on on boys <laughs> Very good question. And, and I ask my students about this. Um, <sighs> you know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not into that. So I don't know how it affects them. And, I, I, you know, the, the boys here, the kids here are very well adjusted, I, you know. But it's mm-hmm. got to have some effect, right? Not yeah, having yeah. your father home for dinner every night. And I really need to be careful because there are so many great Korean fathers that I do know that do mm-hmm. finish work at 5 o'clock and go home and have dinner with their kids, but yeah. that would be the exception to the rule, um, yeah. but but the kids are not home also at 5, 6, 7 p.m. The kids are mm-hmm. at school, so n- no one's really home, you know, we're so what, I'm at my school right now at 11, our last students just left at 10, you know, yeah. so students... I'd say the majority, maybe 90% of students are in school. Then from school, they go to uh, Taekwondo. Then they go to a math academy. Then they go to an English academy, science academy, go home, do their homework, go to bed. And uh-huh. so they're eating dinner basically by the, you know, it's very, very different. And it's kind of fascinating. And, you know. I wish I was a psychologist, I wish I could see the effects that it does have on the kids when they grow up, um, and I'm sure it does. Uh, you know, I
2: what I find fascinating about that is that, on the one hand, you have kids who don't see their family that often, on the other hand, it's a society where family is, you know, put on a very high rank, and you support yeah. your family when you, it's, you know, you do that, even though you may not know them that well.
0: Right. Well, hierarchy in this culture is very important. So, whether it be your mother, your father, your grandmother, grandfather, um, you have to treat them. You you even have different language. You know, how you say hello to someone who's just two years older than you Uh is different. Um, So, the whole language, everything is centered around how old are you? Are you older than me? I treat you a little bit differently. So, yeah, absolutely. But in the family as well, they, you know, there's a huge emphasis on treating your elders with a lot of respect, but it it really just comes down to education, 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 work, work, work. It's a work culture. It's not a absentee father culture. It's a work culture that creates this system. The parents love their kids and they do anything for their kids, which includes working 12 to 14 hours a day coming home, going to sleep, working, waking up and doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's out of necessity, respect. Well, and I think yeah. that
1: maybe that the the absentee father thing would probably play uh, a much heavier role if there was more idle time, you know? And I think that's mm-hmm. what you see here in America. You see, you know, these, Great point. Great point. these yes. instances where they, uh, you know, where it's the idle time, the, the downtime that allows these kids to kind of get into a little trouble and uh, and and that's when, if you don't have a strong parental, uh, I guess just presence, you know, and in Korea, you may not be a father, but it sounds like the multitude of teachers that they're going through and coaches that they might have are, mm. are kind of uh, taking these roles. And, and also you combine that with the, uh, the variable of, uh, you know, this pressure to succeed to, support and provide for your family when you're in that role and it's this kind of perfect storm for, for what you guys are having but I think that would be disastrous in a lot of other cultures Alex you uh, you, you, you touched on the education system there in, in in South Korea and you know so we might as well jump into this because I think it's a you know education plays such an important role in the development of our children and you know, I don't know too many people who would um, argue against that maybe the only thing plays a greater role is the parents so uh, you know we're covering the parenting side on this podcast and so that's number one we're going to cover the education side now Um, Alex you kind of talked a little bit about yours so I'll let Michael jump in Um, so so what does a typical education look like for a student there and I did some research it's very interesting yeah um, before I
2: start on that I just want to say one thing you can talk about an education system and you can talk about teachers within that system and no matter what the system is if the teacher personality is uh you know somebody who loves teaching and who's just a good person and loves their students you can have good teachers in bad systems excellent point and they can have they can have a, a huge impact on the student no matter what the system looks like um but coming to the german education system um I think there is one major difference to the United States that I see. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, We do have obligatory school. Um, So we have to send our kids to a primary school and at least a secondary school. Uh, That's obligatory. We can't do anything about it. You can't homeschool your kids here. In America, as far as I understand it, there's an, an... obligation to educate your child to somehow make sure your child gets an education no matter how uh, in germany you have to send them to school
1: that's correct
2: we have a um, five part education system starting with primary school um then secondary school there are two um, two steps in secondary school so the first one is till grade 10 so till students are 16 years old and if they are Good enough with their marks, they can continue going to what we call a gymnasium or high school. Mm-hmm. After that, after that, there's university and all kinds of other um, schools for elderly people and so on. So this, these are the five steps. Maybe interesting, we don't uh, include kindergartens into the education system, so we don't see kindergarten as part of the education. There's also um, some social thing that you probably have to uh, understand about the system is that we have a federal state, so we have a central government, but education is part of each individual federal state of Germany, so every state does it a little bit differently, but all in all, it's the same principle in every state, but you know how long each student has to go to school is different from federal state to federal state.
1: Interesting. Now, yes. oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys have. I, I, I thought I had read something about a system, um, where you're, kind of, where students are separated by their ability to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. There's four separate mm-hmm. uh, classes that you can kind of fall into, and then is that or maybe the? Uh... Yeah,
2: kind of. I, what we do is uh, we have primary school that mm-hmm. starts when you are six or seven years old and you visit primary school for four years after four years you get something like a, your teachers write a letter to your parents what kind of school they think is best for your child to visit so there is the gymnasium which you can send your child to the high school mm-hmm. or you send it to something we used to call middle school and then there is um, the third one is called how to main school which is like Um, Like a mix between the two? No, it's like for students with learning difficulties and so on, um, but there are exceptions to that. For me personally, I work at a private school, and that school starts with primary school, then students stay at that school and go to middle school, and if they are good enough after grade 10, they can even continue at our school and do the gymnasium here.
1: No, so, all right. academics pretty competitive with the students there? Um, yeah, I would say so, but
2: um, basically it's more like parents can choose what kind of school they want to send their kids to. So mm-hmm. even if teachers say, well, your kid has learning um, difficulties or whatever, they still can decide to send their kids kid to a gymnasium and a lot of parents try to do that because they say, even if my kid doesn't study later on in life, it will have better chances of getting a job or an apprenticeship with with um, that
1: school on their with resume that,
2: with that. Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, now, Alex, it sounds like, uh, you know, Germany, America are, are maybe fall into a more similar pattern um, with some subtle differences. Uh, now, South Korea sounds totally different.
0: Um Similar and a little different. Yeah. So there's, there's two different types of schools. So what I'm at is a, a private school we call academies or we, we you and I would call them an academy. Okay. They're called hagwons. Um But let me go back to your first statement about teachers in, in America that yeah, yeah. you like, look at these teachers, man, like justifiably they look burnt out. They are disinterested and I wouldn't blame it on the teachers I had some fantastic teachers at st. Mary's I don't yeah, Mrs. McCoy was wonderful um, she busted me but she got me to learn some math and um, so we had these teachers but I don't want to say it's the teachers I want to say it's the system in America and how society and the government treats these teachers paying them thirty five thousand dollars a year and you know kind of putting them as you know they're almost disposable whereas you look at public school teachers in Korea I am not a public school teacher I I worked at a public school before but to become a Korean public school teacher you have to be in the top 10% of your university and then in education and then you have to take a test which is on par with a test to become a lawyer or to become a doctor that's how difficult this test is to get into the educational college Mm -hmm. so public school teachers over here are Trained extremely well, they're respected extremely highly, and they're paid quite well. And and it's not about that. They're not paid as much as a doctor or a lawyer, but but the respect that they get is is quite amazing. And and that goes a long way. So the the teacher in the school has authority. The the students know how difficult it was for them to become a teacher. Um, so the public schools are amazing here. Um, so uh, it starts at kindergarten, then you have primary school, then you have middle school, then you have high school. Um, very similar to, to America, except that the high school uh, high school in Korea is a three-year program. It's, you have three years, and it's a 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. school. <laughs> that's, that's how long you're studying. It's, wow. it, it's 12 hours. That's you're at insane. school 12 hours a day. And super competitive. But, so, super, super competitive. I mean, you, you're getting tested, you're getting, um, you're getting ranked all the time. And, and that's something the government is really trying to crack down on and trying to change because it, it adds a lot of stress to these kids, you know, undue stress that they don't need. Mm-hmm. But so, so where I come from or where I fit in is, is I'm in this, this business of an uh, academy, hagwons, and it's a massive business and it's all private over here. So for your elementary students and your middle school students mostly, as soon as they get done with school around 3 p.m., they go to another, so they'll come to us uh, for an hour for just intensive English. Then right after us, they'll take one of our buses or another academy's bus will come pick them up from us and take them to their math hagwon for another hour. Then from there, they'll go to science. And so have you. And they'll probably, and the majority of students will do two to three to four academies per day, every day. So they're getting done 7 p.m. and and. You ask the students, "Do you like this program?" No, they hate it. It, It's it's really difficult for the kids. But,
2: I I, I go ahead. I have a question. Please do, yeah, Uh, Alex. Is there is there like an like an international result comparison between? South Korean schools and neighboring countries and the results
0: sure. so, so if, Absolutely. So, if you look at like um, the rankings, the the, the the world rankings for math, science, uh, those are basically at math, science, and um, Korea is usually two or three, behind Singapore, behind... Now, China China does it different. It's Shanghai, they rank mm-hmm. their Shanghai students, and then Shanghai, yeah. Singapore, Korea, and then the Scandinavian countries, which go to school for half the time we do, rank extremely high in math and science. So, I mean, it, it, it pays off. It absolutely does pay off for these kids. But the effort they're putting in and the time they're putting in and the, the stress and the anxiety that it's putting on these kids. You know, sitting here in my academy right now, I, I, I try to make our academy as fun as possible. But I feel for these kids in Korea yeah. it is yeah. you, they call it Korean hell you know they yeah. it's study 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 go to university try to get a job in a super hyper competitive job market and for what you know I mean yeah. to do it for their kids so you know education is super important but there needs to be a balance um, the German school system, when I was in Germany and I looked at it, I loved it. Um, and when I look at the Scandinavian school systems, when I look at a Montessori school system, mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, it's very different, but it also produces results. Um, so up the something? results do come from I, here. Yes. I'd like to, to add yeah. to that, yeah, because
2: please. I was asking about international comparison, when you compare the results of German schools or the German school system with international school results germany is always mediocre or below <laughs> average yeah um you mentioned scandinavian countries as ranking very high and that's true, is that because true? it is yes. true okay. uh, in european comparison scandinavian countries like finland and norway and sweden always rank top you know true. um there's one i'd say socio-economic reason behind that too because um all of these Scandinavian countries don't have uh, a lot of inhabitants compared <laughs> to the size of the country. So, let's say you have Finland, 5 million inhabitants in a sure. huge country, and of course Finland is very interested in um, you know, raising kids or educating kids that will stay in the country later when they grow up. Mm-hmm. So they invest a lot of money into the education system, they make sure that kids are integrated really well into the society. They get a lot of um, support and subsidies for schools there. Uh, And they make sure that once you get an education, you use it to remain in Finland or work for (laughs) the Finnish system, you know. Uh, This is different in Germany, of course. And I think it has positive effects and negative ones too, because Finland has the highest suicide rate of
0: Europe. Oh, wow. and Korea itself. has this high and Korea has the highest suicide rate of yeah. the world <laughs> per capita <Yeah. laughs> so um, and a lot of that is the pressure that's put on these kids and put on adults because yeah. you go through this education system yeah. and everyone's going and if you are not getting into one of the top universities one of the sky universities but yeah. you you busted your ass off since you were in kindergarten you're getting special teaching my yeah. son he's korean five years old but he's actually <laughs> just going on four he has two private teachers right now yeah you know like and and as soon as i see he has any stress with that we're yanking the teachers but but <laughs> so it starts super young but yeah. that's their life and if they don't then they look back and, and this is what a lot of the this is getting into grim territory but you a lot of the suicide notes that they've left is like. All I did for the first 22 years of my life was study. And mm-hmm. I didn't get into where I was expected to get in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that leads yeah. to terrible consequences. And it's a very, very big problem here. Well, and so that's why they are cutting back on tests. There are no more middle school tests. Well, sorry, no more elementary tests. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting rid of middle school first test. They're getting rid of middle school second test. But still, everyone is looking around and they know each other's ranks. It's yeah. Hyper, hyper competitive.
1: I wanted to ask you, Alex. Then, um, Mm. having having grown up in a system much different than the one you're currently, you know, working under. (laughs) Outside of free time, you know, what do you think these kids are missing? You know, because they're they're gaining a lot. Yeah, they're they're gaining a lot. So, I mean, is it is it just the personal experience? Because I think of that downtime I had and the relationships I was able to form, and I'm sure that these kids are still forming friendships and stuff, but. you know, I, I wonder what's the sacrifice?
0: It, Yeah, very, very, very good question. Super on topic. And and I was actually talking with some of my students this week about it. Um, Like, so we're calling this thing right now, Corona vacation, right? <laughs> and we're talking about what do you do on your vacation, on this Corona, your vacation? Because Koreans, Koreans don't really have a vacation. <laughs> but yeah. this is a vacation because they can't go to school, kind of, so they have to, and I ask them, like, what do you do? And they go, oh, mm, mm, it's boring as fuck. We don't know what to do. And they ask me, what did you do on your summer vacation? I go, like, well, we go build tree forts. What's a tree fort? <laughs> this is a 13 year old kid asking me, what's a tree fort? And maybe it's different because we didn't have smartphones, we didn't have technology. We had to go out and do stuff. Right. But yeah. they're missing this, just go out and- Imagination, it, right? Yeah, imagine and just do something. Go in the woods and get lost and-, and you know, fuck off, man, go have fun. They yeah. don't have They don't know how to so, do that. And, and uh, another point kind of to that, um, I I do summer camps, I bring students home to Chicago for the summer for two weeks. And it's a super chilled, I just bring them to the lake, and usually the second or third day, they're like, what's our plan, what are we doing? What do we do today? I go, hey, no plan, it's... you're on a lake, there's a fishing pole, there's a boat, go. Right. And. They they literally look around and like have to figure out how to
1: if they're not being told relax, what to do, to have, if they don't have an itinerary, it, then they're they're so, lost.
0: It's such a such a structured life. So they're missing that unstructured freedom that gives you the time to create, to think, to make magic, to make a tree for it. And and so a lot of people say, Oh, Korea has no creativity that is not the case there are lots of creativity well, and you Parasite. can see that in the oscars yeah, this I was year, say, right? you
1: yeah. can't talk about south korea without talking about bombs
0: <laughs> yeah you can't exactly so, so there is but that is the exception to what's going on i mean well I, the movie scene in korea is amazing man. you got to check out all his movies yeah, yeah. Well, I've, yeah I've, to, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his oh, sorry cool cool um, but um yeah man to get back to it they I, it's tough it, They're they're sacrificing a lot. They're sacrificing a lot that When I look back as a child hanging out with my friends riding bikes just just I don't know doing nothing That was some of the most you know formative years I don't know important formative years important important parts of my life when I was a kid You know, I mean it it taught me who I was now on the flip side. You got
1: Michael over in Germany. Who's making movies with his (laughs) kids, right?
0: Yeah yeah. Can you talk about uh, the um, movie
1: you made with your children? Uh, which one? Well,
2: <laughs> I can talk about the movie making. I uh, you know, because I think it's such an important
1: part of developing or developing that, it, ima- yeah, that, yeah, that imagination yeah. that we're talking about isn't isn't happening. Yeah. Well, like like a lot of things, um,
2: I just started doing something and <laughs> then it grew out of proportions. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Uh, just for fun, as a, as a teacher at the private school where I work at right now, when I started there I had to do some kind of project. I had to take over a project, no matter what. So I decided start starting to draw comics with kids and cartoons. And then I thought, why not make movies? And we started doing, you know, crappy short movies. And uh, I got a colleague who got interested and since then we've been working together for 12 years now we are doing these movie projects twice a year with students and the thing is germany has a culture of uh, movie competitions or school competitions yeah. where schools cool. can you know make movies and uh, the quality that we achieved made sure that we won those competitions <laughs> so you get a lot of money in those competitions oh. we bought new technology um, which made sure that we could make better movies and won more competitions. And, um, one day, um, I was approached by a band to make a music video for them. So I started creating my own movie making business. Just it came out <laughs> of a school project. You know? awesome. So, um, but I've continued doing like movie projects and you can check out some of the stuff on my website i'm doing that with students they do that voluntarily and they love it
1: super cool the, um, the last yeah. i think it was the last one that you had made is, i think it's the only one i've seen but it was uh, again for people we'll, we'll put michael's website up uh you know as, as we're watching this go check it out it was you know very very well done and uh you know high quality so
2: I know. Uh, yeah, it was based on an American short story. Anyway, but... that,
1: that's right. Yeah, that's figure right. that out yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about the education system. I'm, I'm curious about another, you know, I guess it might be system or, uh, you know, I, I'm wondering for, for for, for you, Michael, in Germany when, you know, uh, a young couple or an older couple has their first kid and let's say they're both working like you and your wife, what, uh, you know, what sort of benefits are you are you able to kind of go and, um, and use, do you guys have paid time off, maternity, paternity leave, anything like that?
2: Yeah, we do. Um, so there is, um, I'll try to explain that without rambling and, and <laughs> adding too much bullshit here. Um, there's something we call maternity or paternity leave, <laughs> and we have a second thing called maternity protection. Uh, maternity protection means if um, a woman gets pregnant and she's working, then um, six weeks before she's giving birth, she uh, has to leave her job, so okay. there is she can't continue going to work and that protection lasts until wow. eight weeks after the birth. If a gynecologist says there's a problem, supposedly a problem, it can start earlier than that. Uh, she gets paid the amount of money for the last three months so that the uh, yep. average amount of money she earned in the last three months this is what she gets during that time uh, partly paid by her employer partly paid by her insurance and um, after maternity protection there is this thing called maternity leave and this can be shared by uh, it can be the husband staying at home or wife so mother or father can stay at home for twelve months, and you get paid oh, by man. your employer and the insurance. Twelve and months. You can wow. share. You can even. You can even share that time. Like if both stay at home for some time during those twelve months, you can prolong it to fourteen months. Oh, wow. So Damn. I did that. I did that with my second kid. Um, with my first kid, my wife stayed at home. She was still studying, so she just skipped university. But uh, we were both working when our second kid was born and we shared that time and we split the working day, the work days so i went to work 2 days a week and she went to work 3 days a week and yeah you no know, the other one stayed at home with the kid
1: that's beautiful and you did that for 14 um, uh, months yeah that's awesome that's awesome. <laughs> i i yeah i'm i'm currently feeling guilty because i so you know just Again, here in the States, it's gonna differ from state to state as far as what I think some of the state laws are, and then also, depending on your company, your company's not obligated to offer any sort of paternity leave. So my company does not offer any paternity leave, um, but uh, a federal law called the Family Medical Leave Act allows me to take up to 12 weeks unpaid. Um, And so I was, uh, the first. my first go around with my son, Shepherd, I only took five weeks, took those unpaid. Uh, this go around, you know, I realized that I felt I really missed out, so I took the, uh, the full 12 weeks unpaid which, you know, sadly a lot of, a lot of uh, families here in America aren't in the position where they can have uh, the dad, you know, we talked about gender roles changing, but I would say, you know, still the majority of breadwinners are the dads and just most dads wouldn't be able to take 12 weeks unpaid, um, you know, we're in a unique situation, Alex. South Korea, what yeah. does it look like for you guys? Do
0: you guys have any sort of uh, yes. pay time off, or we do? Um, it's a lot different than Germany. So that's, a, <laughs> that's a great system over there, for sure. Um, but actually, it, it was it, sorry, bef- I'm interrupting. Yeah, no, but, uh, no we Took we
2: took that system over from Scandinavian countries <laughs> sometime go? in the '80s, I think. So <laughs>
0: they've got a, they've got a lot of good systems that yeah. countries should adopt. Right, um, yeah. um, so. I, I hope I'm on top of it because the um the paternity leave over here has been changing year after year. but right now, when I just looked it up the the mother would receive ninety days forty five days before uh, due date and uh, forty five days after. and the father gets ten days. 10 days. So basically, that's it. yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's it's not great. Um, mm-hmm. and and that's a lot that that's typically for company workers, right? So if you are, like us, a small business. Um, when my son and daughter were born, I, I was back to work two days after, right? Gotcha. Um, but on the good, s- uh, so there there are extreme. You know that that is terrible, right? Mm-hmm. But there are some really good benefits of about having a child over here, I should say. Um, and like the PNC uh, for women over here giving birth is is amazing. So the mother gives birth. Then they go into a separate wing of the hospital. It is basically a hotel. The mother has a room. There's about 15 nurses, 24 hours on call. So they stay there for two weeks in this part of the hotel getting fed, getting massages, getting taken care of, learning how to take care of their child. And then
1: you as a dad, are While you just the, kind of visiting day to day?
0: As a Absolutely. Yep. I'm not even I'm not even holding my child for one week. Wow. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. I get to see my child through a glass for the first week. I get to see my child through a glass window. Women, they give birth and then they go into this resort type thing. And it. I I don't even know what the name of it is. But the the child is with the mother. And then at night, the child is with the nurse in this room with the nurses feeding, taking care of, watching the baby for two weeks to making sure everything's going on. And then while the child is in the special room, the mother is getting all the training that she needs when the two weeks later to go home. So mm-hmm. when you have birth, you do not go home a day later. You do not go home two days later. You go home two weeks later. Um, and then I'm in this, our hospital, the child hospital is right across the street. So I do go to the programs and the fathers then are escorted to other rooms and we're learning you know how to bathe the child how to um, care for a choking child all the all the you know things that fathers need to learn and you have your private room it's a sweet room and you pay I think we are there for two weeks for both children it was three hundred dollars you know full food full everything That's, and
1: so Michael I'm, I'm curious what what does the birth process look like in in Germany is it is, are you, is there anything like that?
2: Uh, depends on what you what you want to do. Um, we had a home birth with our second oh, kid. Wow. So, our, <laughs> our second son was born in our living room. It was an intense experience. <laughs> I would say. And a, and a mess. <laughs> and then yes, we had the placenta lying under the chair and
1: stuff like that. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, cool. I'd I'd do it again. You would? Yeah, I needed to. But yeah. my yeah, my yeah, my yeah. mother-in-law, all, all of her children were home births. I just I That's I can't crazy. I can't even wrap it, my head around it. Are they? Are they Unheard in... of over here.
0: Un, unheard of. This, yeah, over here. Yeah. It's, it's, no Good, on in, Good on you. Um, Good on you, Michael. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but uh, still, it's it's not the norm. So. Uh, I'd say maybe ninety percent go to a hospital or to some. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the word, but uh, we have midwives, mm-hmm. and sometimes midwives work in a kind of institution, and uh, you know, pregnant women can go there to deliver their child. It's not a hospital, but it's like a,
1: you know. But are, are I don't even know what are, are people staying in the hospital post birth, uh, you know, two weeks or ninety or forty five days? No, no, okay. no yeah. it,
2: it depends. I mean, usually it's it's a short it's a couple time, of days, like
1: yeah, a couple of days,
2: or even if everything mm-hmm. is you know without any complications, then after
0: a day, or so they. It, Tom, they I, I, I I researched this program and looked around. There there I don't think there's there anything are, like it anything like this around the world any other countries it it is it is really interesting it's really unique to korea and this is not like you're in a room you are in a
1: (laughs) five-star luxury
0: kind of suite and my wife's getting massages she's getting fed food to keep like really nice food um (laughs) it is it's insane it is really really I can't really do it justice right now, but if you saw it, you'd be like, "What is going on?" Well, I I
1: think I'm somewhere like in between, you know, where because that scene, there's there's things about it that obviously seem way too far, you know, to one side. Way too far, you know, the the fact that with both my with both my sons, what something that was really important to me, I want to hold that kid and I want to do skin to skin because that's one thing I've read is the skin to skin contact is Mm. is super important in those Mm. in those. Early minutes, early hours, um, but obviously there are kids that, that don't have it that grow up to be fine. So you know, is it ultimately going to ruin his life if he doesn't have it? No,
0: but I hope. So <laughs> I got. So I got. I literally for the for the first two weeks I got skin to skin with both of my children for about 15 seconds for two weeks, and then well, no, I'm sorry, for a week, and then after that I got to hold my child for about an hour a day the second week. It is it, really, really strange. But, but
1: there's something um, about that that's,
0: you know, it, it's strange. But at the same time,
1: one thing that I found strange about our experience was we have this kid, at least with our first child. It's our first child. We have this kid. Um, we're two days in. We're sleep deprived mm. because, you know, we, mm. my wife went into, she, her, we went to the hospital at 1 a.m. when the construction started getting tough. We didn't sleep, obviously, from 1 a.m. till when the baby was born at 9 a.m. that morning. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden, you have this baby. You're riding an adrenaline high. That first night, the baby's crying. It's not, you know, you're waking up. They don't take the baby out and put it in a room. Here in America now, they have uh, these little, like, bins that they make a bed out of, and the baby's sleeping right yeah. next to you. So it's kind yeah. of baptism by fire. And then all of a sudden, sure. 48 <laughs> hours later, you're in a car with your kid, Driving away. There's no nurses, no doctors, and, yeah. and you know we talked about this in the in the first two weeks. There is this moment where you, yeah. you and your partner look at each other and you're like, "What the fuck? We're supposed to keep this thing alive? Like, it's yeah. on us. We, we've had this for 48 hours, so I think it could be a little <laughs> bit longer." And, and I think
0: there and that's it. Yeah.
1: No, and I think there things that the nurses could do to help you uh, go home a little bit more well rested. You know, I I do think it's important because like, you are going to have to do these things. So if the nurses are doing it for you and then all of a sudden you go home now you're screwed because you haven't done any of this mm-hmm. but um yeah. gosh man it's a, it's a it would be nice to be there a couple extra days and they have
0: maybe a massage or two thrown in but <laughs> like the experience you just explained when i when i tell my korean friends about like my brother and the child you know just similar situation 48 hours in the car going yeah. home they are like looking at me like or what the yeah. why would you
1: do that yeah you know?
0: <laughs> the mom's like, not even healed you, yet yeah yeah That. yeah the mom is mom hasn't slept the mom is you know so the program over here is set up not to just to protect the child but also to protect the mother totally. she's mm-hmm. gone through a huge intense somatic you know ordeal. 100 yeah you just gave birth yeah, and it's trauma and so 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 they are they're feeding the mother this it's called seaweed soup because seaweed is good for the blood over here i guess um and making sure the mother gets eight hours of sleep every night, the child is with the nurses, they're, they're on call, they're pumping milk, so they're getting the mother's milk at night, mm-hmm. but the nurses are feeding it, then the, as soon as the mother's ready in the morning, with the child all day long, in a, in a hospital situation kind of, it's not really a hospital, It's like I said, it's kind of a resort. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's quite fascinating. Yeah. Can you participate during the birth as a man in Korea?
2: Like be in the same because in, in Germany you can you can you know if you're in a hospital as the husband if, husband if there yeah. are no complications you can
0: you know yeah. join yeah. The, the woman. Yeah. America as, as well. Yeah. It's right? um it, it's rare over here. Um, most Korean men do not participate in the in the childbirth. Um, both of my were C-section. My first had to be, um, and then the second one just. Since the first was a C-section, they said, "Let's just do this." It's you know, mm-hmm. um, so I could not be in the room during that procedure. But I've had foreigner friends that over here that have given birth, or, or, you know, they're you know, they, yeah, they've had a child, and they demanded I'm in the room, mm-hmm. and the doctors kind of backed down and said, "Yes, you can be in the room for a natural for you know." Yeah. Um, but but no, that is that is very uncommon. It's usually the doctor and, and the mother and the child. And the nurses. That's wild. That is fucking wild. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's much different. Much, much different. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I just have a couple more questions. I think two more, and then one that Michael had for the group. Um, what is the typical activity or activities that that you find yourself um, participating in with your kids? You know, what does that look like for 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 you in Germany, Michael? Hmm.
2: Um. I think it's it's difficult to make general uh, remarks about that. I c- I can speak about my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For your so own idea. kids, like, like yeah, so, they're gonna have different. So interests for my own kids. kids, like my small son is four years old. So, uh, y- you know, we just play. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we have all the kind of you know uh, Lego stuff, and yeah, we play. We also play board games. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, I play board games with my older son quite often. There's one favorite one we have, it's Side. it's an American game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we just run around killing zombies and it's cooperative and we love it. Uh, with my younger son, I also play board games. There are a lot of very cool um, board games for small kids as well. Yeah, we go outside. I spend a lot of time on playgrounds with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, do the regular things like cycling, bicyc uh, yeah. going by bicycle. Mm-hmm. I have a seat for my smaller kid. I can put him on my bike as well, and we just go by bike. We go hiking. Um, I also went to, you know, father-son vacation with my older son. Uh, a lot of times, actually, before uh, Ludwig was born, we went at least once a year. We did our you know man thing <laughs> and just took a little um, road trip a road trip to some place and then just spent some time a week or so or a weekend
1: yeah very cool so would you say your 4 year old is legos are the thing he's into most right now or uh not
2: necessarily, not necessarily. like um all all kinds of stuff all kinds of know, stuff like building things and and you know uh there's one thing we do is, is like these marble tracks where you you know build these marble tracks you put a marble in it and it goes, you watch it oh yeah go down sure know, sure stuff like
1: that super, so super cool yeah. i'm just always interested when the you know cuz 4 isn't too much further down the road from shop now so it's like mm-hmm. see trying to figure out what he's going to be into you know a year from now two years from mm-hmm. now i know it's a it's a it's a futile uh, you know a, a futile attempt but um, it's always interesting. Um, and Alex, what about you guys? I know you, you said there's not a, you know, spaces at a premium. So I'm wondering, does that kind of uh, guide you into, or, you know, kind of force you into doing certain activities?
0: Um, well, spaces at the premium where you don't, 90% of the population lives in apartment high rises. So you don't have a yard, you don't have a backyard. <laughs> but um, there are parks everywhere, there are soccer fields everywhere, and there are baseball fields. So, yeah my son's big into soccer, so we do that. Um, uh, my son, so he's turning, he's three right now. He loves the temple. so the there there are temples everywhere in this country up in the mountains. He loves going to temple. He loves sitting in quiet and just walking through the mountains. Wow. <laughs> so we do that, which is lovely yeah. because I enjoy doing that. But, um, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but um, Probably next week. you guys might be un- you might be under quarantine and we've been under quarantine for the last well not under quarantine but under recommended quarantine Mm -hmm. like stay at home so for parents that have to be home and can't really get out go to the playground go to the sports go to the you know uh what have you um we've been printing out pictures doing drawings together (sighs) doing science projects together if you check out my youtube we've been making volcanoes we've been making pinatas um just anything to keep him off the cell phone. He loves watching Netflix, he loves watching YouTube, and at three years old, that kind of worries me. Korean kids love their phones, they love their technology. So just, I wake up, um, they're not going to school right now, they're not going to daycare, so I wake up with a plan. I print out like six or seven different um, superheroes. Let's draw these superheroes, eat breakfast, then let's do, uh, so for instance, two days ago, let's do a science ca- project where we made cans, <laughs> you know, <you'd, laughs> you you boil the can, you put it nice, and it shrinks, just anything to get these kids doing something. And that's something you guys, like Thomas and, and, and the American audience, you really should start looking into because you think quarantine or you think like staying at home, not going out to public places, Oh, it's only going to be a couple of days it turns into two weeks and after three days you're like what the fuck am i going to do yeah, man these yeah, kids yeah. you're you're going crazy inside it really really eats on you so having a plan to just like waking up and be like let's do this let's do this i'm going to cook this let's do this together um give the kid a phone for 40 minutes yeah. but you know just you. anything yeah. just yes sparingly um we but
1: we actually recorded a an emergency coronavirus episode last night i'm gonna hopefully edit it really quick after we get off but uh you know the quarantines you're talking about they're already kind of happening uh yeah i just and i and i mentioned this guy at the at the beginning when i mentioned how i knew how i know you but mike flynn was on the episode we recorded last night he lives in shoreline washington which is right outside of uh Seattle. And so he's at ground zero right now, man. He's he's at ground zero. His kid's school has been canceled, uh, all the way through April 24th. That was announced yesterday. Mm -hmm. So they basically have over a month off, uh, you know, so his answer to that was they bought a trampoline. So they're going to, you know, they got a trampoline
0: for outside. Yeah, the, the trampoline will be fun for like four days, man. I got, I'm going to message Mike saying, dude, you have to have like a plan. 25 different things. With, yeah. I don't, his, yeah. I, I did, I did watch the video. So I know his kids are a little bit older than me. Yeah, Mike. yeah, Mikey's a little older. My kid, like you, like every 45 minutes, yeah. like he needs another activity. So, cause you're stuck inside, it, you know, it eats on you. It is, it's, yeah. it's tough um but we're making the best of it you know yeah yeah i mean we're getting out now korea Korea seems to have control of the situation it's starting to curve out you know well i think a lot of people here are looking at what
1: korea or south korea did and and, 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 you know saying a well i wish we would have done some of that stuff earlier and b um i think it's you know it's it's actually dictating a lot of the things that are happening now with the the hopes
0: that will happen yeah, man, trace, test, and treat, man. Yeah. That's what you gotta do. It's not about closing borders. It's about tracing contact, testing contact, and then treating the contact. Because it is in those pockets. For sure. Don't get me started with the administration's oh, yeah. approach. It's ridiculous. Well, and, man. And, it's and Michael, crazy. Germany's
1: been hit pretty hard by it as well. Um so how you know, what's been the approach there and what's been, you know, what because this is one of the, the topics I did wanna, you know, touch on because it it's yeah. everyone's talking about it. So so, what's been the, the general temperature of coronavirus there in Germany and, um, and your thoughts on
2: it? You know, we are recording this podcast on the 13th of March, and I don't know what the development will be when this podcast comes out next week. Uh, it will be probably totally different to what I'm saying right now. So, right sure. now, we, yeah. I, what I can say is that looking at the statistics and the curves, we are a week or two behind what's happening in Italy right now. So what we are expecting here is a massive outbreak next week. Probably the next two weeks will be crazy. Um, um, A lot of the schools are closing. Um, As I said, Germany is a federal state, so every country does it a bit differently. The state I'm living in, Saxony hasn't closed the schools yet, but I'm expecting it to do so on Monday. And if they close the schools, it will also be until probably the end of April because there are Easter holidays in between as well. Um, Yeah. The only time I think a strong central government is good is in times (laughs) like these. And we don't have that. We have these federal uh, devolved governments where, you know, everyone is like giving advice on what to do and then the local governments have to decide and nobody really wants to put on these pants and say let's do this and let's do that so there's a lot of indecisiveness which i find maddening (laughs) um well yeah so probably next week we are going to have it will be very bad in germany i'm pretty sure about it I'm pretty sure about that. Well, you... uh, we also have like these hoarders and people buying toilet paper like crazy, <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know what you want to do with all the toilet paper. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you have, to, you have to have to have to get prepared for for that uh, time. That's go- definitely going to hit Germany, and what the government is preaching at the moment is. Um, we can't stop that spread, but we need to slow it down and to, you know, keep it in a reasonable context. Uh, personally, I'm a bit concerned because my wife is a doctor. She works at a hospital, not at an at a um, intensive care. She works at an uh, intensive care unit, but for kids that need need long time so she probably won't be hit by active cases um, but they have the equipment to help active cases so probably that will be needed as well so it could hit her clinic as well
1: Well, I think, you know, having just recorded this episode or the emergency corona episode yesterday uh, at the risk of sounding redundant and also, like you said, Michael I mean, we're, we're filming this on the 13th by the time this re- you know is released, what I'm about to say may sound very naive, or it may sound very Nostradamus-like. But um, you know the, the the big takeaways for me were, uh, one that the biggest positive is children, while they can carry and they will be infected, aren't necessarily uh, manifesting the symptoms like like other people. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest number one takeaway for parents who are listening. You know. Knock on wood that this doesn't mutate and change, but, uh, assuming your child doesn't have any sort of respiratory, um, issues to start off with your kids probably safe. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the first thing that I'm taking some souls. And
2: even let me, let me pick that up. Even if that virus mutates mutation in a virus doesn't mean that it gets more lethal or more dangerous mutation usually leads to a faster spread. Correct. Survival is the biggest part in the mutation of such a virus. Yeah. So, and, and I don't think it will get more lethal than it already is. It's probably more uh, able to spread yeah, faster. just more faster. contagious.
1: And then uh, yeah. right. the other thing is, you know, and this isn't to be, you know, callous. I, I said, you know, my mom is uh, an at-risk, a higher at-risk person. She has respiratory disease and she's, uh, you know, in, in that age range where it's dangerous. So, um, but, you know, for relatively healthy young people it's it's an illness that will you know cause some inconvenience but you should be able to recover fully and you know with very minimum impact to yourself and the the big danger and the big scare is transmitting it unknowingly to people who are more susceptible um Mm -hmm. so you know Again, it's still scary, but you know, it's not as if you you get this, you're going to die or your kids are going to die. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. know, so, yeah. you know, so, you know, and we're having the hoarding here, too. And really, one thing that I think this has brought up in my household um, that I think really lends itself nicely to this worldwide um, conversation, because this is something I've, I've encountered on my travels across the world, but you don't see it here in America. And it's very uh, related to this idea of people hoarding toilet paper is the... The bidet, and uh, and it's made me really consider getting a bidet. Um, you- Love it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what is what 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 is a bidet? A bidet. It's what? one of those
1: little like Sorry, I, I... it's a. It, you you have it in the toilet. Clean your butt yeah, with water. It's the water thing that's sprays in your butthole.
0: <laughs> It's an Asian toilet. thing. It's, a, it's amazing. You've we don't have toilet one? paper in our household. No.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, we have them, yeah. Ah, oh, I, see, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, so I, I've seen them <laughs> as I've crossed
1: across. And, and you know what? Like, I've, I've always thought they were kind of, you know, just because they're foreign to me, right? So the idea of it was strange. But, um, <laughs> but you know, someone put it to me in this way. And after they've, I've heard it, put it in this context. I'll never think of it uh, the same again. Hey, bud. Oh, here. Uh, is, if you had poop on your arm. Would you just wipe it off with a piece of paper? No. You would get oh, you'd you'd, you'd, with some water. Yeah, yeah you you'd wash it off, right? So yeah. so you know, I said this in the last podcast. Yeah, but I don't I don't pick up things with my assholes. So <laughs> that's also true. Well, speak for yourself, Michael. No, it, speak it, for it, yourself, no, you, Michael. Another
0: thing of, I'm picking up uh, another 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 uh, benefit of the bidet, man. The the um, they're heated seats as well. So in the wintertime, you go into the bathroom, oh, they're ready, they're warm. Beautiful, yeah. They clean themselves. And then they... Been...
1: What direction is this taking you? Well, I mean, it's, <laughs>
0: hey, we're,
1: we're talking about public health, Michael. you got to
0: clean yourself, yeah, Michael. Public you health. need to clean yourself, but, man.
1: Treat your, You know, I, yeah. I think uh, one thing that we can all safely take away from this episode is you need to treat your butthole better. So, uh, you know, that's number one. Treat your butthole. butthole Wash where the
0: sun doesn't shine. Well, well, oh, I
1: know a lot of buttholes butthole <laughs> out so I need to treat them. Better. That's right. <laughs> that's great. Now, uh, you know, since we're talking about buttholes, I, I think that lends itself nicely to uh, one of the last questions. And that was a question Michael had for us, which is, uh, you know, with, with kids and with all the stresses and uh, the <clears throat> demands that come, how do you keep romance alive in your relationship with your wife? Um, and, and, you know, Mike, I'm glad you asked that because it's a big part of the New Dad podcast. Uh, it's something that I've looked at as uh, an area that I can certainly improve upon. And I think it is easy for a lot of people who, who are parents and are listeners. Um, I think they can relate to the idea of when things in life get busy, uh, I, it's not to say that your, your, your spouse or your partner is the one that typically gets the shaft, but it's easy to look at little things that go a long way and those things just kind of unconsciously drop off. So I've been personally more conscious of that. Alex had a had a uh, a unique way to put this, but I think it, you know, it's a much simpler way to, to say what I mm-hmm. what we try to do. I think it was what, beer, whiskey
0: in a hotel room. Um, Hi mm-hmm. uh, you? Yeah, um, so, so something my, uh, I, I'm not going to say the name, but my Irish friend that I work with uh, said, "Hey, Mitt, that's what you got to do Get some beer whiskey in an hotel. Why do you think we have so many kids?" it's <laughs> But it is something. and the reason it really fits, sorry, no, the reason no, no. it fits over here is we, we co-sleep. So I sleep in the same room with my wife and my two children. I sleep mm-hmm. on a bed, they sleep on the floor. Not really the floor, they sleep on this like a three inch slate of, it's a marble slate they sleep on, it's, I don't know how they <laughs> do it, most Koreans do it. it, 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 you plug it into the wall, it heats up in the winter, it cools down in the summertime, it's, it's it is sleeping on a rock, so, but everyone does it, they sleep together, you co-sleep, so, mm. so we're not even sleeping, just the two of us, right, we are sleeping with the kids. Right. Um so even snuggle time, man, is difficult. Because when I want to snuggle, then my son goes ah, jumps yeah. in. It. You know what I mean? You no. can't even do that. So, so we uh, we make it a point, man. Let's. Um, <laughs> you we like to get the booze yeah. and and say, hey, man, we gotta we gotta act like kids. Let's go get drunk. Let's put some music on. Let's dance in the hotel room. And mother in law will watch the kids. going. Mm. Yeah, and the mother in law will watch the kids. And and we try to do it at least once a month. Um, it, you got to do it right yeah. because we work together we fight together we raise the kids together um we just need to blow off steam together right yeah. so um it's tough it's tough very it's it's easy to do over here because there are motels everywhere <laughs> uh, hotels everywhere <laughs> um and they're cheap but but they're they're, they're great yeah. i don't know but it, um, but
1: it, i mean it is one of those things that it's for me it's hard it and it's not the the idea of getting away or um, you know, we have, uh, my wife's parents are great. They will come over and watch kids basically whenever we, we ask them to. But, um, you know, it, it does seem, it does seem to be something that if you're not careful, this, you can fall into a pattern of being, and I use the term partner a lot on the show just because I, you know, people who listen, they may have same sex partners, but I, I, I'm gonna use the term partner In uh, in Mm -hmm. in a way that isn't in a romantic sense, it's you know there's it's really easy I think to slip into this pattern where you and your spouse are your partners in raising the kids and doing the household necessities, um, but you've kind of stopped becoming husband and wife to a degree or uh, boyfriend or you know husband and husband, wife and wife, whatever however your relationship looks, you know the stuff that makes. That makes you transcend from just really awesome friends to something to, to, to lovers. Um, you know, those things yeah. can easily fall by the wayside. I'm guilty of it, Michael. Um, you know, and it's you know <laughs> super guilty. And we all have. I don't. I don't,
0: right? don't want to make it sound like oh, I this. You know, it's it, this. We've we've slipped into that. We've gone into a slump where like Jesus, what the fuck? You know, we look at each other and we haven't even kissed for a month or two. Right. So, so this is something you have to work on. Like we have to work on and plan on this and and do this. It is super difficult. That's one of the hardest part of our relationships right now, or our relationships right now is is, is to keep that fire alive, kind of. You know what I mean? And and I, re- I remember my grandfather on his fiftieth um, anniversary. I just kind of touched on it, but um, someone asked him, "How do you do it, fifty years?" He goes. You got to you got to fall in love with he goes I had to fall in love with her 50 times. <laughs> yeah, you got to fall <laughs> like keep falling in love with her. Keep doing stuff to bring you back to her. Why did you originally fall in love with your wife? What and and try to get that spark keep going because it's so easy to lose it and it's so easy to become just partners. Totally. Raising partners, working partners and um yeah, so Yeah, and Michael, I would actually turn yeah, it. my I, two cents, Yeah, you
1: Michael, you've been married much longer than I have and um mm. and you know my question to you is you know and it's somewhat based off of this because if i'm being totally honest if i in a, if i'm going to let myself be really vulnerable about this topic i would say that there's times that and not times there's there was a moment where things have were let go for so long you know where you stopped work we stopped working on it just because it wasn't something we had the capacity to work on i think at the time but um, that it was actually almost awkward when you try to go to rekindle it or, you know, where you don't, the, what used to feel natural, now all of a sudden you're second guessing and you're, you know, you're wondering and you're thinking about it. Did you ever go through a period like that ever with your wife? Sure. Ever? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and so what, yeah, I think, and what do you guys
2: do? To be, yeah. To be honest, like, I, I doubt anyone that's been married for a long time didn't Mm. go to through Mm. such a period I I would seriously doubt that Um, I can't really give tips or 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 hints about what to do Um, one of the things that help us or we kind of do semi-regularly is just talking about ourselves like I'm talking about myself and My wife is just listening without interfering, judging, commenting. So I'm just talking about my perspective of Mm. things. And then she does the same thing. Sometimes we don't. So um, I think that's just one of the points that helps. Just listening to the perspective without um, interfering and Mm. just listening.
1: Yeah, And and it's tough sometimes to communicate what you really want. I think that takes some practice and it takes a little bit of self-confidence to say that, right? It is is also,
2: um, yeah, probably I'm a bit privileged because I'm a language teacher. I think (laughs) about language a lot and I think about how to formulate things pretty much. It's Mm. one of the jobs that I do, so um, I think doing that, it's important to really talk about yourself. And it's language dependent, of course, how you can do that in German. It's different than in English, but I'm using, like, the first uh, like first person. I feel, I think, uh, my perspective is, things like that. So you really talk about your own person. Or when you do this and that, I feel this and that. So you do not... Um, you don't guess what what your partner is doing or why they are doing it you just describe what they are doing and how you feel about it that's awesome does that make sense totally yeah no yeah, i, I, love I it. think that's yeah, fantastic nice,
1: advice yeah. it might be some of the best advice that we've had on the show so far um uh, oh, yeah you. <laughs> anyway, i got like 10 episodes deep so that's that's uh that's quite quite the advice and that, and it really applies to everything right not just your love life you know anything that could potentially uh, be causing a rift in your relationship. I think that's fantastic advice. Just, I mean, communication. Oh, by the way, go ahead. By the way, let me, let me add that because this is a new dad
2: podcast. This also applies to your kids. Um, I, 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 I'm watching parents, how they communicate with their kids. And a lot of the language that we use in relation to our kids is judgmental. We use adjectives like bad or good or nasty you know, it's like, you're nasty. <laughs> Instead of saying, I can see you doing this and that. Right. And that makes me angry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you describe yeah. what you see and you describe how you feel about it. That's different than saying, you're nasty doing that. Because this is judgmental language. Well, yeah, And, and yeah. Try- trying to avoid that with your kids also helps to give them language about their own feelings at that
1: moment. Well, and kids are amazing. When you give them the opportunity, if you speak to them that way, Michael, I think you hit the nail on the head, you'll see that... The way they respond to you is much different than if you said hey quit being bad or, you know or yeah you know or, or something along those lines it's, it's an excellent point and i think something that uh i i need to be more mindful of it at this point as shep's getting into an age where he's testing things and his communication is limited so his frustration levels get you know raised mm-hmm. super quickly um it, there's there's uh, a and, sentence
2: my wife used to say, which I I really, if I want to give one hint in that in that show, it's that sentence. She said this poetically. She said, "Bathe your kid in words." So you, basically, you are giving your kids the words to describe their feelings. Yes. Oh, I see. You are really angry right now. <laughs> oh, I see. You are really happy and, about that. And so with you that, my
0: use. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, use descriptive words. You know. Yeah. Um, adjectives adverbs with your children at a, such a young age use as many words as possible how are you sure. feeling why what is the color you're feeling the 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 emotion you're feeling the sound that's you're hearing try to get them like like just the way you would speak to your wife speak that to your child really look at them and listen to them because they have so much they want to say and they have been soaking up this language that they hear for the last three four or five years and they want to use it and if you look at them and ask them to you know to use it they will use that language and we i was i just got done i got this book is the 30 million word project and it's about kids soaking up languages <coughs> and and when you are on a, a nature walk with your child and they say what's that daddy and it's a tree and then you ask your chi- child uju you touch that tree how does it feel what color is it what's that branch like Ah, oh, it's green it's you it, it, they're just expressing themselves kids want to express themselves so much with language and sure. they're bursting with it so if you just listen instead of you know yes son go you <laughs> know you know, be quiet or whatever it's, it's so easy to say yeah you're doing great that painting is good that picture is good but just superly get involved yeah. Yeah, i guess be in the moment would be one of my advice man, man yeah. just totally be there 100% um, be there.
2: Thomas, you can see you're talking to two language teachers. Correct. Here it's there. beautiful. I love it.
1: I love it. Yeah. Now, Michael, were you finished on your thought or do you have anything else to add? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Perfect. Yeah. Um,
0: Sorry to cut you yeah, off, Michael. Yeah, no worries. No, no. Um, no
1: now, now, Alex, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Uh, was there anything, you know, having lived in the States, having now lived in South Korea, is there anything you wish American parents would implement with their own children that you've uh, come across there in in South Korea uh, throughout your parenting life so far?
0: Yep, Um, so living here, when I first got here, I was sitting at my desk at my first public school and I couldn't speak the language. I didn't know what was really going on, but I knew we kind of had a half day or something, but I didn't really leave until everyone left the room. And while I was leaving the room, uh, one of the teachers came over to me and said, Alex, you have very good nunchi, and I had no idea what this means. So I went home, and then I asked my Korean friend, I go, what's nunchi? And nunchi is, it translates to eye level, but what it really is, there's no translation in, in English, it means reading the room and reacting appropriately. and Korean grandmothers, my son's grandmother, Uju's grandmother Sui's grandmother, teaches this from a very young age my wife is teaching this and it it is it is basically you teach your children that you are a part of an entire play so you walk into a room you read that room, you read that atmosphere and you have to act appropriately you're not out of line and I'll give you a good example. Um, so Korean weddings over here are much, much different. They're in these massive wedding halls where there's four or five weddings going on at a time. One wedding comes in, the other one goes out, and then there's a huge buffet room, okay? And all the weddings congregate. That's where they eat, in the buffet rooms. And we, we went to a wedding, and we were in the long buffet line, and my son was acting up. You know, grabbing my my wife's skirt. I'm hungry. Bagel pa, pa. I'm very hungry. And she got down and she looked at him and she goes, Look at look at this room. What is everyone doing? Everyone is in line. Everyone is waiting. Everyone's hungry. Not just you, Uju. Remember that. Act appropriately. And he, this was he was he was, just at three years old and he, he got it and he, kind of shut up. And he did it. So you teach your children this word, nunchi. And there's a lot of literature out on it. And it's, it, it's teaching them how to be a part of your society. And you mm-hmm. talked about earlier, like in, your, in America right now, or even in Germany, running and raiding toilet papers and stuff. Mm-hmm. You would never see that in this country. And in fact, the, the, the one scarce product right now is face masks. I'm at my academy right now, right below us is a pharmacy. Every day they line up, the the face masks are delivered, they're sold at two. And they line up, they queue up perfectly, and if the face masks get sold out before the last customer does, you will see every single day, one of the other patrons taking out the package and giving one or two to the people who did not get it. Because that's Nunchi. They realize we are in this together. Mm-hmm. And if I act a fool, if I act selfish, that's not going to just affect me, but it's going to affect this society. And if it f- affects the society, it's going to have a detriment on the society. Yeah. You see it in road, like road rage. You don't really see it here. Like, um, and I asked one of my Korean friends, why? Like you are stuck in traffic. Why you you, you know, why no one's getting angry. And my friend looked at me and said, you, You're not in traffic. You you are traffic. (laughs) You are this problem. You know, like why it's you, it's everyone. That is nunchi. And if you just talked with your kids and said, Hey man, this is this is what's going on. Look at what's going on. Look at what other people are going through. It's kind of awareness, hyper awareness. Mm -hmm. But it's it's um it's one quality that I love about Koreans and that makes the society such a beautiful society to live in because they get it. Like they realize you are. Yes, you are an individual, but you are also a part of a collective society, and you're just as strong as the weakest in the society. So let's let's do it together. Awesome. Right, and that's what Nunchi is.
2: I think that's a that's a beautiful beautiful concept put into one word, and yeah. I think that's the, the basic universal struggle that we have as human beings. Is like on the one hand finding. Our part in society and seeing ourselves as part of the bigger picture, even not only society but history. Um, Mm -hmm. On the other hand, not losing ourselves as individuals in that, because that can that can happen. And you described some aspects of Korean society where that happens, and individuals losing themselves in society, which is bad as well.
0: Exactly. Yeah, you don't lose your society. You're a part of it. You're a part of the play. You're a part of Mm -hmm. this whole. You know, tapestry that
2: is around you, and it, and it works both ways. You cannot like be part of a society without being, uh, good at being alone with yourself and mm. reflecting on your own good and bad sides without judging yourselves. And
1: well, I think it was Socrates, right. or you know, Socrates said, An unexamined life is not worth living, you know, right? Yeah. yeah, no, guys, uh, this guy's getting a little hungry. That I think you know, we've taken up the most part or the better part of about two hours and uh... Um, sure. you know we got some really good stuff so i, I do want to let you go but before i let you go um uh, you know i want to give you guys a chance to plug anything michael you, you mentioned your website do you want to give the folks uh... a shout out to where they can go find your maps and in your movies and all that good stuff
2: <clears throat> yeah basically it's just go to my website Claradox, like paradox only with a kl dot de and it's in German and English, so if you see it in German, you just search for the language button there and you can look at it in English. And if you want to watch my movies, they are with subtitles, so no problem to watch them. Yeah,
1: yeah just go there, check out my stuff. And people who know uh, my wife Lita, if you look at uh, Michael's Dornish map uh, and identify Nimeria sand, you might actually yeah.
0: recognize
1: yeah. Nymeria sand there. So. There's a little hidden Easter egg for uh, for the Lita Pappas fans out there. Um, Alex, anything you want to plug? I know you have a YouTube channel.
0: I got a YouTube channel. Um, yeah, so I don't know when this is going to drop, but like you guys said, it's uh, it, what day is it today? It's, uh, it's thir- March 15th okay. here now. Um, March 14th. Yeah. But um, if you guys are stuck inside and you got kids, Sunchan Chan, Alex, S-U-N-C-H-E-O-N, Alex. Um, I've got some stupid magic tricks. I've got some trick shots. I've got some games that you can play with kids. I've got some. The trick shots are impressive.
1: I mean, I don't know how. You saw them. I I see the trick shots on Facebook too. Um, Yeah, yeah. How often do you. This is probably a question you get often you know, what's your average amount of shots before you, you know, you have a made one. Some of them, I mean, these are really pro- Okay. okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the kid- so, so I got a camera set up in the corner yeah. and then um, it's, just it's kind recording. of like a, it, it's a, it's actually, it's a, it's a, it works quite well in the classroom because I tell the kids I've got this like, it's called Chicago English. That's my Academy, mm-hmm. Chicago English money. If I make a shot, I'm going to give you all money and then they can <laughs> redeem it and buy stuff. But the only way I'm going to take a shot is if you guys start answering the questions correctly and start paying attention. Oh, gotcha. So they're all they're all on it. So every so I'm in the classroom for about 6-7 hours a day. You know, and I'll take maybe a hundred shots. Yes. Maybe I'll make one. The, I mean, they're they're they're
1: pro. No, no, they're shots. they're really. I mean, it, it's not a low degree of difficulty. And the best thing about it, I mean, obviously the trick shots are cool, but it's the kids' genuine reactions to the makes are. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. really will they lighten like your day if you're if you're someone yeah, you go, yeah, you're having it, a bad yeah, day. Yeah. Go check out one of Alex's trick shots, and I promise you, his students' reactions to his make will.
0: Uh, yeah, don't even watch the yeah, shots. Watch. Yeah, the yeah watch the kids' reactions. Reaction. Totally. Tom's, it. Tom's on it. Tom's on it. It's truly That's heartwarming. Truly
1: heartwarming. Yeah. Uh, Michael Alex thank you guys so much uh the pleasure was all mine I'm very confident my listeners and watchers will will enjoy you guys and enjoy this conversation just as much as I am have. have to have you guys come back uh maybe in season two and we'll do a little update but um... I'll be back yeah, that's right that's <laughs> yeah, right. that's it. right that's right yeah thanks well, you guys great. have a great okay. day thank you. prop cause take us away.